Donald Trump is charged in Manhattan court with 34 counts of falsifying business documents. DA Alvin Bragg pretends this is all about principle. And Trump launches a response from Mar-a-Lago. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Privacy is a right, not a privilege. Defend your rights at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, folks, the circus was in town yesterday in Manhattan when Alvin Bragg decided that now was finally the time to get Donald Trump. Now, we had been told that we weren't supposed to prejudge the situation. We just weren't supposed to prejudge it because, after all, the indictment might come down and it might be something completely different from what we had led to believe. We had been led to believe that, obviously, this was a bunch of misdemeanors that had been spun into felonies, that these, these were state misdemeanors spun into state felonies that were then being linked to a federal felony charge that was never actually filed. It looked really weak, in other words. But we were told, you know, wait for the indictments to come out. Just wait, just wait for the indictment. Some of us were like, well... Now, I'm willing to go on the record and say that unless something shocking comes out in the indictment, this is a bunch of crap. But, you know, fair enough. Well, we waited. And now it turns out that the indictment is just a bunch of crap. The indictment is out. It is terrible. It's a 34-count indictment. And it essentially is one count over and over and over and over again. There's, it's not 34 separate counts. It is Donald Trump lied about paying off various people, three specific people, a doorman, a porn star and another quasi-porn star. And the idea is that in doing so, he did not declare these as campaign finance donations, that these should have been categorized as campaign finance expenses as opposed to being paid under the table to Stormy Daniels or Karen McDougal or doorman number seven. That's the entirety of the case. It's a really, really weak case. And I'm going to go through the statement of fact here, which is supposed to be the predicate for the for the call for prosecution. Again, Alvin Bragg, the DA, is filing 34 separate counts in order to jack up the number of years of jail time Trump could theoretically do. He could theoretically face four years for each count, so 136 years in jail. In reality, even were Trump convicted, he's a first-time offender. So legally speaking, he would probably do zero jail time. But it makes everybody on the left feel all warm and fuzzy on their insides. They get that, that special tingle up their leg. And so Alvin Bragg putting it on the table that there may, in fact, eventually be a picture of Donald Trump Wearing the bracelets makes everybody very hot and bothered on the left. But let's go through the statement of facts so that none can accuse you of not having actually gone through the facts. So here is what Alvin Bragg is claiming. He says, the defendant Donald Trump repeatedly and fraudulently falsified New York business records to conceal criminal conduct that hid damaging information from the voting public during the 2016 presidential election. And this is, of course, the entire predicate for this investigation. No one on the left will ever accept the fact that Trump won the 2016 election. They didn't accept it because of Russia, Russia, Russia. And now they don't accept it because of Stormy, Stormy, Stormy or something. The same people, the exact same people will tell you that the hiding of the Hunter Biden laptop right before the 2020 election had no impact on the final vote. But supposedly, if we had all found out that Donald Trump in 2006 stooped a porn star while his wife was pregnant, that that would have shaped the outcome of the 2016 election. And that's why Trump paid off Stormy Daniels. Now, I, I have a bit of a rebuttal to that, which is Trump was literally caught on tape three weeks before the election, saying that he liked to grab women by the bleep and screw married women. Literally said that on tape to Billy Bush, won the election anyway. So it's an absurd contention that this would have shifted the election. But again, the left cannot deal with the fact that Hillary Clinton didn't win in 2016, and they've been trying to reverse history ever since. So they're going to get into the Doc Brown DeLorean and go back in time and try to prosecute cases from 2015, 2016. So here's what Alvin Bragg says. From August 2015 to December 2017, the defendant orchestrated a scheme 
with others to influence the 2016 presidential election by identifying and purchasing negative information about him to suppress its publication and benefit the defendant's electoral prospects. In order to execute the unlawful scheme, the participants violated election laws and made and caused false entries in the business records of various entities in New York. The participants also took steps that mischaracterized, for tax purposes, the true nature of the payments made in furtherance of the scheme. So again, the complaint here is that it was actually a campaign expense, that Trump wasn't paying a variety of people off just because Donald Trump likes to quash rumors sometimes. No, he was doing it specifically for election purposes, and that would have been okay if he had said in his campaign finance documents, for election purposes, I'm paying off Stormy Daniels. The big problem is he didn't say, for election purposes, I'm paying off Stormy Daniels. Instead, he chalked it up to some other expense item in his New York business records. This is the entirety of the case. Alvin Bragg continues, one component of this scheme was that at defendant's request, a lawyer who then worked for the Trump organization as special counsel to defendant, this would be Michael Cohen, covertly paid 130 grand to an adult film actress shortly before the election to prevent her from publicizing a sexual encounter with defendant. Cohen made the $130,000 payment through a shell corporation he set up and funded at a bank in Manhattan. This payment was illegal, and Michael Cohen has since pled guilty to making an illegal campaign contribution and served time in prison. Further, false entries were made in New York business records to effectuate this payment, separate and apart from the New York business records used to conceal the payment. After the election, the defendant reimbursed Michael Cohen for the illegal payment through a series of monthly checks, first from the Donald J. Trump Revocable Trust, a trust created under the laws of New York, which held the Trump Organization entity assets after defendant was elected president, and then from the defendant's bank account. Each check was processed by the Trump Organization. Each check was disguised as a payment for legal services rendered in a given month of 2017 pursuant to a retainer agreement. The payment records were false New York business records. In truth, there was no retainer agreement and Michael Cohen was not being paid for legal services. So in other words, if Michael Cohen had actually been a half-decent lawyer and he had set up a retainer agreement, they would literally have no evidence that any of this ever happened. And that's the whole thing. That's literally the whole thing. The rest of it is just filling in the details as to what that means talking about stuff that we already know, talking about the fact that Donald Trump was working with AMI, which of course is the the parent company, American Media Inc., of the National Enquirer. They were working to catch and kill stories and all the rest of this sort of stuff. But that's the whole thing. And because of this, we now have all this hoopla, including the possibility of the former president of the United States doing jail time. This, of course, is an absurdity. And everybody basically recognizes that this is an absurdity. Even the people who want Trump to go to jail recognize mainly that this is an absurdity, which means that Trump, you know, whether he goes to jail or not, is going to get a big boost from this because people who are unjustly persecuted, as he appears to be in Manhattan at the very least, he's going to get a boost from that. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, it's time to talk to you about Daily Wire's most trusted privacy partner and premier sponsor of this show, ExpressVPN. Does it make sense? The same company that controls half of online retail also passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home. Big tech is more powerful than most countries. They profit by exploiting your personal data. It's time to put a layer of protection between your online activity and these tech juggernauts, which is why I use ExpressVPN. Think about how much of your life is on the internet. Every site you visit, video you watch, message you send, gets tracked and data mined. ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers on your network, making it hard for big tech to track your activity and sell it to advertisers in the first place. I use ExpressVPN on all my personal devices, my phone, my laptop, even Wi-Fi routers. Very easy to use. Fire up the app, click one button, and you are done. It's just that simple. Stop handing over your personal data to the big tech monopoly that mines your activity and sells your info. Get the VPN I trust at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Use my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash Ben. Get an extra three months for free. Expressvpn.com slash Ben. You never know who is watching your internet activity, so protect it today. Expressvpn.com slash Ben. Get an extra three months for free. 
We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, when we say something is free, it should mean, you know, free. No strings attached, no hidden costs, no fine print to decipher. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks monthly for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. PureTalk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. PureTalk saves the average family almost $1,000 a year. Plus, with PureTalk, you know you're spending your hard-earned money with a company that aligns with your values. Let PureTalk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Head on over to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Claim eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company. I've been using PureTalk myself for years at this point. They are excellent. They've got great coverage and they don't hate your guts. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch on over. Okay, so... All of this was wrapped in a bunch of drama yesterday. So the drama began when just before Donald Trump pulled away from Trump Tower, there are a couple of different groups that mobilized themselves to locate in front of Trump Tower, a pro-Trump group, an anti-Trump group. And uh, they, they basically had kind of these small clashes. One of the anti-Trump people put out a giant banner that said Trump lies. And then a MAGA-hatted lady went over and started grabbing the banner. This is, this is the circus, man. And we are all just spectators. Look at the number of media versus the number of protesters, by the way. I mean, this is all the media's creation in terms of why this is happening, because the media incentives for people like Alan Bragg are just too rich, in terms of why people are protesting and going out in the streets because there are cameras on them. Look at that, there's a hundred cameras and like two people. It's, it's ridiculous. Meanwhile, it is true that the amount of media coverage on the right-wing protesters was significantly higher than the amount of coverage on the left-wing protesters. Not a lot of traditional media coverage of, for example, this crazy lady who is out there screaming, about race. This is pretty wild. Why are you going in here and calling uh, all the white people in here racist? No, I'm calling them dumb Republicans. No, you're calling them racist. Yeah, you you call the white all man white racist. Are racist. You, you all white people all are racist. People are you're trying to instigate violence right now. Because I'm black and I like violence. Yeah. I'm an animal. So I'm an animal. I'm a black animal. I'm a black animal. Let's kill all white people. Yeah, baby. Biden 2024. So she seems like an excellent prospective voter and somebody whose opinion we should take incredibly seriously. Well, all of this was the lead up to Donald Trump being brought in and then fingerprinted and booked. And uh, there were some pictures of him, you know, going into going into the building, some video of him walking into the courtroom and he looks like Trump. I mean, he doesn't look particularly upset. He doesn't look particularly happy. He just looks kind of somber and 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 determined as he should. There are pictures of Trump that have now emerged from the court. You can look at some of the pictures so we can look at some of the visuals. It is Donald Trump. Here's Donald Trump sitting in the courtroom. You can see that he's surrounded by his lawyers. This is the this is the big takeaway picture. And it's not a bad picture for Trump. I mean, if the optics matter here, then Trump obviously doesn't look wildly uncomfortable. He's not like sweating. He's not Richard Nixon in the 1960 presidential debate. He doesn't look like he's grief ridden. He doesn't look like he's sad. He looks determined, as he should. Trump then went ahead and pled not guilty, as of course he was going to do. And then he sat quietly as the lawyers kind of talked with the judge and all the rest of it. The prosecutor who began to explain the charges, Chris Conroy, brought up threatening posts that Trump had made online saying the former president had threatened New York City, the courts in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, which brought the charges against him. He handed paper copies of Trump's social media posts to the judge and to the defense lawyers. A lawyer for Trump, a guy named Todd Blanche, according to the New York Times, quickly objected, saying, I didn't realize we were giving opening statements today. 
The district attorney, Alvin Bragg was, Bragg, was watching from the first row of the audience. So Blanche immediately laid into the prosecutors for the publicity around the case, which is correct. They've been leaking all sorts of material. He also criticized Michael Cohen, Trump's former fixer and a key witness, and Mark Pomerantz, a prosecutor who worked on the investigation under Bragg's predecessor and published a book about his experience. Trump basically just sat there. The judge, a guy named Juan Merchan, went out of his way to say he did not plan to place a gag order on Trump. But he said, quote, I don't share your view with Mr. Blanche, that would, that would be Trump's lawyer, about the justification for Trump's harsher rhetoric. So Trump's lawyer said he's using harsh rhetoric because he has a right to speak as he wishes to speak on a matter of public concern, and he's in the middle of a presidential race, and he's being unfairly targeted. And the judge said, I don't share your view. And then he urged witnesses the case, as well as the defendant, to refrain from making statements quote, with, quote, the potential to incite violence and civil unrest. So he rejected the idea of, of a gag order, telling Trump he can't talk about the case, but he said that he might revisit that at some point in the future. Now, put that in the back of your mind because that is going to come up very shortly because Trump then gave a speech at Mar-a-Lago last night <laughs> in which he said a bunch of um, things that the judge will undoubtedly find somewhat inflammatory. So as far as what comes next, well, the, the next step, presumably, is that there are pretrial hearings. There will be defense motions to dismiss. If the judge is smart, he dismisses the case because it's unbelievably weak. And then that could take months. In fact, the, the next time that Donald Trump is supposed to show up for an in-person hearing would be December 4th, December 4th of this year, according to Lauren DeVal, who is of CNN. That is nuts and obviously designed by people on the left in order to push this all the way into the presidential cycle because every time Trump is in the, is in the news being persecuted by left-wing DAs, it boosts him in the primaries. So take this all the way into December, and this is just going to lurk over the entire 2024 presidential race. The left knows this. This is why they are, in fact, doing this. They've been pretty open about the fact that they want Trump to be the nominee, and they're certainly doing their best to ensure that that is precisely what happens. So all of that was lead up to Alan, Alvin Bragg himself doing a press conference. Finally, it was his moment in the sun. And again, this is the reason this is happening. And so Alvin Bragg can have his moment in the sun. He can get his name in the news. He can be Elliot Spitzer. Until, but, you know, before client number nine and all that. He, he can be a famous prosecutor. He can be, he, he can be in that, that show, the one, he can be in Billions. And he can be Paul Giamatti in Billions. The, the, this is the goal here for Alvin Bragg. He made that pretty clear in his press conference. We'll get to that pathetic display in just one moment. First, everything is costing you way too much money these days. Well, one of the things that costs you way too much money is your cell phone bill. It just costs a fortune. Take a look. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, they are charging you way too much money. What if you get the exact same coverage? You know, like the same tower network is one of the big guys, but save a bunch of money on cost. Well, you can. This is where Pure Talk comes in. Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year. You can get the same coverage you're used to at half the rate you're currently paying. Not only will you save money, you'll also get the satisfaction of knowing you're supporting a great American company. The CEO and chairman of Pure Talk is U.S. military veteran. When you become a Pure Talk customer, you're given the option to support America's warrior partnership, an organization that works to prevent veteran suicide. I'm a customer. I do all my business calls on Pure Talk. It doesn't drop calls. The 5G service is fast. It is consistent. Head on over to puretalk.com. Enter promo code Shapiro. Save 50% off your very first month of coverage. They've got a range of affordable plans to choose from. You can find the perfect option for your needs. Get unlimited talk text, plenty of data for 30 bucks a month. No contract. Switch over to Pure Talk in as little as 10 minutes. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Head on over to puretalk.com. Promo code Shapiro. Again, that's puretalk.com. Promo code Shapiro. Save 50% off your very first month of coverage. Okay, so all of this led up to Alvin Bragg finally releasing the indictment. We've read through the key part of the indictment, which again, comes down to Donald Trump stole the election and he stole the election by having Michael Cohen pay off Stormy Daniels and then he didn't report it 
as a campaign finance report. And then he wasn't prosecuted for years because nobody thought that any of this was was criminal because Trump has an easy and obvious defense, which is I paid off Stormy Daniels. First of all, I think she's lying, which is what Trump says, but I paid her off mainly because I didn't want Melania upset, right? That's that's a fairly good excuse. And remember, in a, in a case that was very, very similar w- with regard to John Edwards and Riel Hunter, right? she was his camera woman. He was married at that time to Elizabeth Edwards, his wife, who was cancer-ridden. And meanwhile, he was stripping the camera woman and he got her pregnant. And he had his donors basically pony up a million dollars to pay for child support and all the rest of this stuff to Riel Hunter. And then he was prosecuted federally for this and ended up with a hung jury. So the chances that this was going to end up with some sort of conviction pretty low, at least in, in the real world. But this isn't the real world. This is Manhattan. All this is about Alvin Bragg and Alvin Bragg alone. So Alvin Bragg, we should recall, is a flashback to when Alvin Bragg was running for DA, said that he was going to go after Donald Trump. Uh, whoever has this job, are they going to convict Donald Trump? Look, that, that, that is uh, the number one issue. We know he's investigating and what I'll say is I'm the only, I was the first to announce against Cy Vance. I too have a lot of issues, which is why I decided to run. I also led the team that did the Trump Foundation case. So uh, I'm ready to go wherever the facts take me and to inherit that case. And I think, you know, it'd be hard to argue with the fact that that's, that'd be the most important, uh, most high profile case. Uh, and I've seen him up front and seen the lawlessness that he can do. And What's- you believe it should happen? I, you know, I, I, I believe we have to hold him accountable uh, I haven't seen all the facts beyond the public, but I've litigated with him. And so I'm I'm prepared to go where the facts take me once I see them. So, I mean, he was very early on saying that he wanted to go after Donald Trump. And yesterday he finally got his chance. So here was Alvin Bragg. He, he said, everyone stands equal before the law, especially people who have not lived in the state of New York for quite a while and who happen to be on the Democrats hit list at the top of the list, actually. At its core. This case today is one with allegations like so many of our white collar cases, allegations that someone lied again and again to protect their interests and evade the laws to which we are all held accountable. As this office has done time and time again, we today uphold our solemn responsibility to ensure that everyone stands equal before the law. No amount of money and no amount of power changes that enduring American principle. No one believes that this guy is about equal protection of the laws in the city of New York. No one believes that. They're murderers who are getting away with it in the city of New York. But Alvin Bragg is going after Donald Trump for a supposed crime that is not even articulated correctly in the law. Remember, the law itself is going to be a question in the motion to dismiss. The question is going to be whether the state even has the capacity to charge Donald Trump with a misdemeanor that is being linked to a a supposed federal felony when the federal government has not charged Donald Trump with that felony. It's called Article 175. Okay, so Article 175 is is the question here. And Alvin, that that article, which is the the falsification of business records article, says you can link it to another crime. But it doesn't say that the crime can be a federal crime. It'd be very weird, in fact, to link a state crime with a federal crime so that you can avoid the statute of limitations. Remember, Falsification of business records has like a two-year statute of limitations if it's a misdemeanor and a five-year statute of limitations if it's a felony. And you may have noticed that all of this was alleged to have happened in 2015, 2016. And it is currently 2023. So we're well outside the statute of limitations for all of this unless he ladles it into a federal crime that was never prosecuted. This is super weak tea. And then Bragg continued along these lines. Again, he's going to be the crusading prosecutor, supposedly. He says, we're not going to normalize serious criminal conduct. 
Well, I mean, you certainly have in the city of New York. The, the, the rule in the city of New York is push somebody in front of a subway train. You're probably okay. Shut up a porn star in 2006 and then pay her off in 2016. In 2023, you may find yourself dragged into court by Alvin Bragg. No matter who you are, we cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. The defendant repeatedly made false statements on New York business records. Oh, my God. Really? This is, this is it? It's so pathetic. It's just pathetic. Also worthwhile noting here that I noticed that uh, Hillary Clinton has been a longtime resident of the, of the state of, of New York. And uh, Hillary's foundation was engaged in some rather questionable practices. You have expended zero time and effort going into that. I just a few things that I have noticed uh, about the way that law is done in the in the state of New York. Bragg says that Trump made payments to high damaging information from the public, which, again, I mean, Hillary Clinton, literally when she was running for president in 2016, paid a cutout law firm in order to launder the Steele dossier through to the FBI. And nobody seems to bat an eye about that one. Here we go. As part of this scheme, Donald Trump and others made three payments to people who claimed to have negative information about Mr. Trump. To make these payments, they set up shell companies and they made yet more false statements, including, for example, in AMI, American Media Incorporated's business records. One of the three people that they paid to keep quiet was a woman named Stormy Daniels. Less than two weeks before the presidential election, Michael Cohen wired $130,000 to Stormy Daniels' lawyer. That payment was to hide damaging information from the voting public. This is all just, it's so sketchy. It's all so sketchy. And then Bragg, of course, tries to make the claim that Trump has made 34 false claims. It's all the same claim. He's just, he's just doing the same charge over and over and over and over in the hopes that one of them sticks. This is the definition of throwing crap against the wall here. Earlier this afternoon, Donald Trump was arraigned on a New York Supreme Court indictment returned by a Manhattan grand jury on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Under New York state law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud and an intent to conceal another crime. That is exactly what this case is about. 34 false statements made to cover up other crimes. This is obviously a malicious prosecution. Everyone knows it's a malicious prosecution. We'll get to Trump's response in just one moment first. Simple fact of the matter is, if you have a family, if you have dependents, you have to have life insurance. It's just that simple. God forbid something is going to happen to you. You need to make sure that they are taken care of. And life insurance through your workplace might not offer enough protection for your family's needs. It's not going to follow you if you leave your job. And since life insurance typically gets more expensive as you age, now would be the time to do this if you didn't already do it yesterday. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies starting at just 25 bucks per month for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid those unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius's licensed agents work for you, not those insurance companies, which means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another. You can trust their guidance. No added fees. Your personal information remains private. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net, and you deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. So head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click the link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Again, policygenius.com 
com slash Shapiro. Every responsible person should have life insurance. Policy Genius can make it easy for you to get it. PolicyGenius.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so Trump obviously is not sitting on his hands while all of this is happening. He put out a statement on his way back to Mar-a-Lago in which he lamented the state of the country, pointing out that uh, this is unique in American history. And his campaign immediately launched into campaign mode. There was no mugshot. They're actually hoping for a mugshot. Because they didn't get one, they actually sort of just made one up and then they put it on shirts and sold the shirts. It's a, it's a fake mugshot underneath it, the text reads, not guilty, and their campaign is offering the shirts in exchange for a $47 contribution. So Trump is making hay while the sun shines, politically speaking. He went back to Mar-a-Lago last night and he launched into what was a unique speech. Uh, I will say that it, it was unique mainly because this has never happened before in American history in which a former, presidential can, former president and presidential contender is hauled into court on flimsy charges. And so what you would have expected is Trump to be outraged. What I would have expected is a little bit more of a methodical attack on the on the left, right? That's what you would want here is, is for Trump to say, they're coming after me because they're coming after you, right? This is literally his truth social profile is they're coming after you. They're, I'm just standing in the way. Instead, his speech turned into sort of a litany of grievances about the legal system. Now, again, takes nothing away from the fact that Trump does have a, a huge leg to stand on when it comes to the number of times the left has come after him for the great sin of winning the 2016 election. It's just saying that it turned into sort of a rambling, non-methodical speech. But again, as far as Trump firing back, this is only his first iteration, obviously. You would assume there's a lot more to come. So Trump kicked off his speech by saying, we have to save the country and lamenting the state of the country. Thank you very much, everybody. And we have to save our country. God bless you all. God bless you all. And I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. Now, when when Trump says something like the only crime I've committed is to fearlessly defend the nation from those who seek to destroy it, it's a good campaign line, right? I mean, let's be real about this, which is that Trump, you know, did a porn star and pay her off. But that's not the reason that he's being prosecuted. The reason he's being prosecuted is because he is a Republican and because he was a Republican president and because he may be a Republican president again. So he is he's certainly right about that on a on a general level. And then he launched into, quite correctly, a litany of all the times Democrats have come after him. And he's right about this. The the fact of the matter is that certainly no president in my lifetime has been put under the gun quite like President Trump has been put under the gun by the left. They literally, mo- they, they literally mobilized the entire law enforcement apparatus of the federal government to go after him for four long years with the Russia investigation. And now they're mobilizing Manhattan DAs to go after him for years old crimes that probably aren't crimes in the first place. Here was Donald Trump on that last night. From the beginning, the Democrats spied on my campaign. Remember that? They attacked me with an onslaught of fraudulent investigations. Russia, 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 Ukraine, 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 impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, the illegal and unconstitutional raid on Mar-a-Lago right here. The lying to the FISA courts, the FBI and DOJ relentlessly pursuing Republicans the unconstitutional changes to election laws by not getting approvals from state legislators, the millions of votes 
illegally stuffed into ballot boxes and all caught on government cameras. And just recently, the FBI and DOJ in collusion with Twitter and Facebook in order not to say anything bad about the Hunter Biden laptop from hell. And when he points out there at the very end that the FBI and the DOJ were working in collusion with Twitter and Facebook not to say anything bad about Hunter, bad, uh, about Hunter Biden, he again, that double standard is the thing that's going to ring in the ears of many Americans, particularly in primary. Now, I have a lot of doubts that this is going to this is going to carry him forward through a general election, that there are a lot of independents out there who are going to swivel into the Trump camp based on all of this. I've yet to meet an American who doesn't have a very strong opinion one way or another about Donald Trump. With that said, is this going to help in a primary? Yeah, because again, his whole case is that there is a double standard that has been applied to him, and that same double standard is applied to you, and he is a stand-in for you. He continued along these lines. Again, this is a list of grievances, essentially. And uh, he talked about how this is, in fact, massive election interference. And he's right. I mean, if the left is constantly complaining that democracy is under threat, that, that Donald Trump is threatening democracy because he is doubting election results and all the rest of that, well, is it fair to say that it is a massive election interference when you launch spurious charges against the leading opposition candidate? That seems like a massive piece of election interference. And even if you're somebody like me and believes that the left is trying to pick Trump, it's massive election interference. No matter how you slice it, it clearly is. Here is Trump going after Alvin Bragg. And now this massive election interference at a scale never seen before in our country, beginning with the radical left, George Soros-backed prosecutor Alvin Bragg of New York, who campaigned on the fact that he would get President Trump. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. This is a guy campaigning. He want to get President Trump at any cost, and this before he knew anything about me, didn't know a thing about me. He was campaigning. As it turns out, virtually everybody that has looked at this case, including rhinos and even hardcore Democrats, say there is no crime and that it should never have been brought. Now, it appeared in the speech as though Trump was now going to redirect about halfway through the speech into an attack on Biden more generally, saying the reason that they want to stop me from being president is because they're doing a crappy job. And they need to protect the guy who's currently in office. And so he sort of swiveled about halfway through the speech and he started talking about the rest of the world laughing at us and gave a litany of Joe Biden's failures. Again, all this is perfectly appropriate. It's an insult to our country as the world is already laughing at us for so many other reasons, like our open borders, our incompetent withdrawal from Afghanistan, where we left behind American citizens, $85 billion worth of the best military equipment in the world. Lost 13 magnificent young lives and far too many to mention that are so badly hurt with the loss of arms and legs and facial obliteration. The most embarrassing time in our country's history, in my opinion. Then our give up on energy independence and even energy dominant. We're going to be dominant within six months, more than any other nation times two. We had this all just three years ago, our raging crime statistics. If you look in Democrat-run cities, numbers the likes of which we have never seen before, the open threats by various countries of the use of nuclear weapons, something never mentioned or discussed by outside nations during the Trump administration and which could very well lead under the Biden administration's leadership to an all-out nuclear world war three can happen. 
And then things started to get a little bit strange. Okay, and the reason they started to get a little bit strange is because he started to swivel into all of his other grievances. So instead of focusing it in on Alvin Bragg and just Alvin Bragg alone, and he's got a winning case there, he started to kind of go off on everybody who's been bothering him. And it turned into a, a giant sort of almost randomized list of the people who've been going after him. Now, listen, I don't blame him. On a personal level, I don't blame him whatsoever. As a candidate, you want to see some discipline. Right? As a candidate, just somebody who is trying to battle back against a machine that is victimizing him, going out there and sort of just naming a bunch of people you don't like doesn't seem like the most methodical way of approaching it, but Trump has his own ways, obviously. So here is Donald Trump, for example, going after the Georgia election case that has yet to been filed. And in the wings, they've got a local racist Democrat district attorney in Atlanta who is doing everything in her power to indict me over an absolutely perfect phone call, even more perfect than the one I made with the president of Ukraine. Remember, I kept saying, that's a perfect call. This one was more perfect. <laughs> Nobody said, sir, you shouldn't say that. Many people on the phone were hung up in disgust because of something I inappropriately said, because nothing was said wrong. In fact, at the end of the call, we agreed to continue our conversation about election fraud and election fraud, specifically in Georgia, at a later time. Many people on the phone, including lots of lawyers, nobody found anything wrong with that perfect call until a book promotion tour many months later. All of a sudden, they say, you know, I remember Trump making a call. Let's look at that. This fake case was brought only to interfere with the upcoming 2024 election, and it should be dropped immediately. And he didn't stop there. He then went after the, the federal prosecutors who are looking into him over the classified documents cases. And he's deliberately going after the prosecutors themselves. Again, all of this is fair game. These are all public figures attacking a prosecutor. It may not be the smartest thing. His lawyer may be ripping out his hair right now by the handful, but it is very Trumpian. And Trump is not somebody who takes this stuff sitting down, which of course is what a lot of people love about him is the fact that Donald Trump has never taken any insult sitting down, right? This is a person who always punches back. So here he was going after what he called the boxes hoax. Then you have a radical left lunatic known as a bomb thrower who is harassing hundreds of my people day after day over the boxes hoax. You know, the boxes hoax, as we call it. Just so everyone knows, I come under what's known as the Presidential Records Act, which was designed and approved by Congress long ago just for this reason. Under the act, I'm supposed to negotiate with NARA, the National Archives and Records Administration, which as of this date is a radical left troublemaking organization that red flags the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights as dangerous and triggering. Can you imagine? This is what we have to deal with. But there is no criminality under the Presidential Records Act. That is not what it's all about. He also went on to, of course, call out Joe Biden for similarly holding classified documents. The next thing I know, we were raided by many gun-toting FBI agents who took whatever they wanted, including my passports and medical records. Everybody was in shock. Nobody had ever heard of such a raid before. We can't even believe it. Who would think that that could happen today? I immediately thought of the Fourth Amendment that protects against unreasonable search and seizure. But they did it anyway because our justice system has become lawless. They're using it now, in addition to everything else, to win elections. 
Apparently, they're not looking at me through the view of the non-criminal Presidential Records Act. They came up with a new one. This is a new one. And they're looking at me through the Espionage Act. Think of that. How does that sound? Of 1917, where the penalty is death. Even though that has absolutely nothing to do with openly taking boxes of documents and mostly clothing and other things to my home. And then near the end, he sort of swiveled and he turned once again. And this time he went back after the Manhattan DA. And he called for Alvin Bragg to be prosecuted. He said, you guys, you know, you're, you're talking about how I violated all of the norms of the rules and the procedures. I've noticed that there's a lot of material out there that was not supposed to be leaked. And somehow it got leaked. Who leaked it? Now, I mean, one possibility is that Trump's team leaked it because, again, his team presumably had access to the indictment so they could defend against the indictment. But it's certainly quite possible that Alvin Bragg leaked it. Here was Donald Trump pointing that out. The criminal is the district attorney because he illegally leaked massive amounts of grand jury information. for which he should be prosecuted, or at a minimum, he should resign. So you'll recall a little bit earlier on in the program, I pointed out that the judge had said that he was not going to issue a gag order on Trump, right? Everybody should be able to talk about the case, whatever. But he said, if Donald Trump seems to be inciting, if he seems to be generating ire or violence or whatever, then he might think about a gag order. And Trump's lawyers are like, okay, fine. Well, Trump dropped this doozy last night. He went after the judge, and then he went after the judge's wife, and the judge's family. Now, the reason that he's pointing out the judge's wife and family is because the judge's daughter actually worked with the local Biden campaign. I mean, that, that is a fact. He, he did, in fact, do that. That'd be Lauren Merchant, the daughter of the judge presiding over the case. She's the president and partner at a digital campaign strategy agency that's done work for a lot of prominent Democrats, including Biden and Kamala Harris. Earlier on Tuesday, Trump had actually argued that the judge should recuse himself because of her work. With that said, is it a smart political or legal strategy to talk about the Trump-hating judge and the Trump-hating wife and the Trump-hating family. Mm, probably not the smartest legal strategy. It's definitely, uh, again, not easy to be Donald Trump's lawyer. First rule of, of, of lawyering is tell your client to shut up so you do the talking. Donald Trump is not somebody who's going to sit down for, for that sort of thing. So we'll see if that has any impact. Trump finished his speech uh, pretty abruptly. I think he, 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 by the end, he kind of looked tired and like he wanted to get off the stage. Uh, he finished this way. With all of this being said, and with a very dark cloud over our beloved country, I have no doubt, nevertheless, that we will make America great again. Thank you very much. And God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Now, again, this is just the beginning of the fight. So whatever I think of that particular speech, and again, I don't think it was a barn burner. I think he started off well, and I think it sort of went downhill after that. But he's not going to be graded according to that. This is just iteration number one. And Trump's attorneys are pointing out that, yeah, again, this is just the beginning. So here was one of Donald Trump's attorneys to be Joe Tacopina, suggesting that the rule of law is dead here. And this is going to be Donald Trump's pitch going forward. The rule of law is dead unless I am elected, in which case, as he has said, I am your vengeance. Today's unsealing of this indictment shows that the rule of law died in this country because while everyone is not above the law, no one's below it either. And if this man's name was not Donald J. Trump, there is no scenario we'd all be here today. Please understand that based on these charges. So, yeah, again, that is going to pitch for Donald Trump. I, I think it's a very successful pitch in the Republican primaries uh, because I think the Republicans are, are not thinking long term here. I think that it's going to be a far less successful pitch in the general election. 
Again, no one's ever seen anything like this. I mean, this sort of bomb thrown into the middle of an electoral cycle is absolutely insane. But the Democrats knew precisely what they were doing in doing all of this. We'll get to more on all of this in just a second. The Democratic reaction, we'll get to the media reaction to this insanity, the circus in just one moment. First, while kids in American towns are playing hide and seek with their friends, thousands of children in Judea and Samaria, the so-called West Bank, are suffering every day from the trauma of Islamic terror. The Shiloh Israel Fund was born out of one such moment. David Rubin, the founder of the organization, and his son were wounded in a horrific terror attack while driving home from Jerusalem. They narrowly escaped with their lives. David later realized his son was only one of thousands of kids in Israel who were suffering physically and psychologically from such attacks. David founded the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund to provide victimized kids with the life-saving therapies they urgently need to heal from their trauma. Shiloh Israel Children's Fund provides unique programs to help kids work through their trauma in ways that work for them. Art, drama, animal therapy, and more. Every kid responds differently to trauma. They tailor these life-changing therapies to each and every kid's individual needs. Treatment like this is not cheap. Thousands of Israeli families can't afford this life-saving treatment that their kids need to heal. We can help improve that situation. It is a wonderful, wonderful cause. We're talking about the victims of actual terrorism. Go to israelchildren.org ben to see what it takes to save the life of a terror-stricken child in Israel's biblical heartland. You won't believe how easy it is to give these kids a brighter future. That's israelchildren.org ben to help out. Also, one of the most powerful things about the Bible is that it contains a fundamental set of unchanging laws. It also leaves a lot of room for us to grow and change in the process of investigating those laws. That should be an incredibly encouraging thought. Dennis Prager discovered it firsthand while we were having a discussion in episode 13 of Jordan Peterson's series on the book of Exodus. The hardest law of the 613 in the Torah for me to fulfill is love God with all your heart. Hmm. And I've literally till an hour ago, I, I still felt that I... I I don't know how you could be sensitive to all the suffering in the world uh -huh. and still uh -huh. love God. Uh -huh. I believe in God. I follow God. I respect God. I honor God. But love God was a toughie. And I, and I believe God knows it's tough. That's why we're commanded to do it. Uh -huh. It doesn't come naturally. But now, because of this discussion, I think I can because I now think that God can experience pain. I got to participate in this series. It is really, truly wonderful and enlightening. In addition to Dennis, I joined Jordan alongside a group of esteemed scholars, theologians, and artists to discuss one of the most seminal books in the Bible. New episodes are coming online every week exclusively for Daily Wire Plus members. Join now at dailywire.com slash subscribe to watch Exodus. Well, Democrats are reacting to the arrest of Donald Trump. Joe Biden was asked about it, and he does what he did best. He laughed maniacally because he doesn't know what's going on around him 75% of the time. Is the indictment It's like someone uh, just told him that there's a seven-year-old who had just used herbal essences uh, in in a in a thirty-foot radius. He's very very happy. No no one knows why why he's why he's smiling that way. It's weird. Chuck Schumer, the Senate. Majority leader, he tweeted out, I believe Donald Trump will have a fair trial that follows the facts and the law. There's no place in our justice system for any outside influence or intimidation in the legal process. As the trial proceeds, protest is an American right, but all protests must be peaceful. You and your party literally protested Derek Chauvin into a murder conviction. I mean, can we be real about this? You sent 20 million people into the streets based on the lie that American law enforcement are specifically targeting for death of black people. And then a jury convicted Derek Chauvin on the flimsiest of evidence of murder. So can we stop pretending that you don't believe in protests to affect the outcome of a criminal justice trial? That is a lie. It is not even remotely true. But, you know, 
We're going to pretend along with the Democrats. They're all in favor of the system when the system benefits them. They're very much against the system when the system does not. Corinne Jean-Pierre, world's worst press secretary, she was asked about this yesterday. She said, I'm not going to comment on any of this. Does the White House believe that a former president could or should be indicted? I'm just not going to comment from here. Okay, well, she was called on the carpet by the New York Times' Michael Scheer. Who, uh, who says, well, it's weird because you're not commenting on this, but you wouldn't shut the hell up about the 500 pending cases in terms of January 6th detainees. January 6th is just was a different moment. It just mm. was. It was something uh, that that was incredibly devastating. People died on that day and were harmed. And it was just it was just something that we saw visually that we reacted to uh, and many people were scared well, in that moment. Job. And also, you know, uh, we know that Americans still very much care about this. When it comes to a, a criminal investigation like this uh, that is ongoing, we are just not going to comment. So uh, we're not going to comment on this because it's not a matter of public concern. Like January 6th was a massive matter of public concern, but not Donald Trump going to jail, maybe. Not a matter of... She's so bad at this job. She's truly bad at it. Almost as bad as members of the media who had to pretend yesterday that they were very sad and sobered about all of this when inside they were jumping up and down like screaming little girls uh, at their first Miley Cyrus concert back when Miley Cyrus wasn't uh, wasn't doing pornography. Uh, here is uh, the media pretending to be sad. It's a sad day for America. Hard stop. This is no time for celebration. He's smiling. Uh, you know, I think it's sad. He's literally smiling Trump for a long time, but I'm sad that this has happened. How are you feeling about a historic day? I, you know, it's it's sad. And this is a day of profound sadness. They're all smiling. The president uh, is indicted, but it's also a time to celebrate. Because it's a sad moment to see a former president have to do this, even though we feel it could lead to justice. If, if, How is Al Sharpton not in jail, by the way? It's a sad day for America. It's a sad day for America. It's a sad day. Well, I don't think anybody can consider it a good day. Regardless of anything, it's just really sad. It's a sadness, I, I think, uh, that we got to this point. Oh, the fake tears. Oh, the truly fake tears from our members of the media. But here's the thing. Even the members of the media are like, we're not sure that this is actually like a very good case. There are a bunch of legal analysts, CNN, MSNBC. They're like, yeah, this is a pretty, pretty weak case. Even some of the people on, on the right who you would not expect to say that this is a weak case are now saying that this is a pretty weak case. Mitt Romney, for example, who voted in favor of Trump's impeachment said, I believe President Trump's character and conduct make him unfit for office. Even so... I believe the New York prosecutor has stretched to reach felony criminal charges in order to fit a political agenda. No one is above the law, not even former presidents, but everyone is entitled to equal treatment under the law. The prosecutor's overreach sets a dangerous precedent for criminalizing political opponents and damages the public's faith in our justice system. The charges and evidence will be duly considered the outcome decided by a jury with an obligation to fulfill its responsibility with the utmost care and impartiality. The American voter will ultimately render their own judgment on the former president's political future. Finally, it's incumbent on all elected officials to discourage violence and anger in response to the situation. But even Mitt Romney's like, yeah, man, there is nothing here. Because guess what? There really is nothing here. Meanwhile, the Republican reaction has been, it is ranged from sort of the troubled, the upset, the deeply angry over the perversion of our justice system to the relatively unhinged. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, there are certain things that you can liken Donald Trump's arrest to in foreign countries. Like foreign leaders get arrested and in, in opposition leaders get arrested in foreign countries and it truly is an awful thing. I would hesitate to put Donald Trump in the league of Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, 
Granted, I'm a Jew and I don't have the same belief system as many of my listeners about Jesus, but I'm pretty sure just having taken like a look at the New Testament that this is not a good comparison. President Trump is joining some of the most incredible people in history being arrested today. Um, Nelson Mandela was arrested, served time in prison. Jesus, Jesus was arrested and murdered by uh, the Roman government. There have been many people throughout history that have been arrested and persecuted by radical, corrupt governments. And it's beginning today in New York City. Um, and I just can't believe it's happening, but I'll always support him. He's done nothing wrong. He's, yep. he's done everything right. Everything right. Like Jesus, just like Jesus. Yeah, man. So things are going well. Everybody is acting in purely hinged fashion. Uh, now, here's the thing. There are very serious things that are happening in the country, like truly serious things. There were two elections last night, and neither of them went in a conservative direction. One in Wisconsin in particular went directly against conservative beliefs and is going to have serious ramifications for the presidential race in 2024. So I would urge conservatives not to take their eye off the ball. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can be incredibly pissed off and disturbed about what's going on in New York. We can decry a justice system that is now being weaponized against the political opposition. All of that is deserving of absolute attention and absolute outrage. At the same exact time, there is no substitute for victory. Winning elections actually matters. So walk and chew gum at the same time. Outrage is not a substitute for victory. Outrage should motivate you toward doing a smart thing and attempting to win victories. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, let's talk about how you can make your home look better. So look around your house right now. Yeah, it's in fairly good shape. You did a repainting job recently. The floor is newly waxed, the whole deal. But something is wrong. Yes, the light is coming into your room incorrectly. And this is because you have not replaced those window coverings in at least 15 years. Go to blinds.com right now. Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings with over 40,000 five-star reviews. You can measure and install it yourself or have blinds.com take care of it with local professionals. There's no showroom, no retail markets, no matter how many you order, installation is just one low cost. If you don't have an eye for design, blinds.com experts are always available to help choose the style and color right for you. Everything they sell is covered by their perfect fit and 100% satisfaction guarantee. They've got hundreds of styles and colors to choose from. Blinds.com is sure to have the perfect treatments for your windows. Save 40% off at Blinds.com on select products. That's 40% off at Blinds.com. Custom made easy since 1996. Blinds.com. When you check out online, don't forget to tell them you heard about Blinds.com from the Ben Shapiro Show. Helps them, helps us as well. Rules and restrictions may apply. Go to Blinds.com right now. Tell them you heard about them on the Ben Shapiro Show. Well, here is the thing, folks. Outrage. Right? Outrage is perfectly appropriate, but outrage is just gasoline. You can either use it to fuel forward motion or you can use it to set yourself on fire. What conservatives choose to do next is up to them. You should be outraged at what's happening around you, but are you going to set yourself on fire to make yourself feel better because it's cathartic or something? Or are you going to vote for victory? Because what we are watching right now is losing in process. Okay, last night, Wisconsin voters decided that they would like to shift control of the Wisconsin Supreme Court over to the left. This matters an awful lot. Because right now, there is a law on the books in Wisconsin that, for example, bans abortion. That law has been on the books since 1849. It snapped back into place after the aftermath of Roe versus Wade. And the left ran on that. And now they have shifted the balance of the Supreme Court. That doesn't just mean that there is likely to be a revision to abortion law in Wisconsin that will now legalize, again, the killing of babies. It also means that the redistricting that was greenlit by the Wisconsin Supreme Court and that has ended with six out of eight congressional districts in Wisconsin going Republican, and has led to a near supermajority in the legislature for the Republicans, that redistricting is now likely to be overturned because of the partisan shift in the Supreme Court in Wisconsin. 
because not enough Republicans showed up to vote and because all of the focus was on other issues and because Democrats were, in fact, very, very motivated to vote. See, here is the thing, folks. When you are running in the game of electoral politics, the whole game is make it very hard to vote for your opponent, make it very easy to vote for you. Democrats, well, they've been playing this game. Right? This is what they did in 2020. They ran a dead person against Donald Trump. They realized it was hard for people to vote for Donald Trump. And they tried to make it easy for them to vote for Joe Biden because, after all, he's just a corpse. The same thing sort of happened in Wisconsin because, again, Democrats ran on the idea that conservatives in Wisconsin were going to ban abortion outright and also were going to cheat and steal the elections away from people. And meanwhile, they ran kind of a semi-non-entity in a, in a left-wing candidate who's uh, who, again, is now going to win, it seems, by a fairly large margin, a woman named Protasiewicz. So Protagowicz is now going to presumably redraw the maps over in Wisconsin. She is also going to overrule, presumably, all of the current abortion law that is in place, preventing the killing of the unborn. Victory, there's no substitute for victory. Yeah, and moaning is not a substitute for victory. Meanwhile, over in Chicago, it appears, listen, Chicago is on its own road now. They're on their own road because, believe it or not, despite the justice millier insistence that this was, in fact, MAGA country, Chicago is not MAGA country. You'd be hard-pressed to find five Republican voters in the city of Chicago. Well, now it appears that Brandon Johnson, who is a soft defund the police candidate, is likely to win the mayoralty in the city of Chicago over Paul Vallis. Uh, Vallis was considered the sort of moderate Rick Caruso type in Los Angeles or like Eric Adams in New York. And Brandon Johnson is much more radical. He is pulled into a lead. And yeah, again, basically, that's, that's kind of replacing Lori Lightfoot with Lori Lightfoot. So it looks as though Chicago is about to turn itself into full-scale Detroit, which will be uh, an entertaining thing to watch from the outside and horrifying for the people who are currently living in Chicago. Presumably, this will also accelerate the, the journey of people who are not totally crazy away from Chicago. Okay, time for some things I like and then some things I hate. So speaking of victory, now I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but actually down here in the state of Florida, our current governor is doing things to actually win victories. One of those things, for example is he is now moving toward banning, quote-unquote, gender-affirming care in Florida. He says physicians who now attempt to mutilate children on the basis of sexual and gender confusion will lose their medical licenses. Right? This is what you actually call victory. You can either complain about the transing of the kids, or you can do something about it, or you can complain and use that to feel do something about it. Here is Governor DeSantis yesterday. And it's sad that we even have to discuss this, but you know, you've now seen kind of an explosion in doctors with these young kids, minors, giving them puberty blockers, hormone treatment, and doing surgery, sex change surgeries of kids that are 15, 16 years old. And so we don't think that's based on medical science. We think that's ideology uh, going into that. And in fact, a lot of countries in Europe have said, no, 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 this is really bad. And we've got, it's sad, we've got uh, people in their 20s who went through this when they were minors, and they regret it because these, these things were irreversible. So in Florida, we have had our Board of Medicine uh, institute rules so that in Florida, if a physician is doing this to minors, they are going to lose their medical license in our state. We're not putting up with it. Vote to win. Vote to win. There is no substitute for victory. Or you can keep losing. And if the complaining is really entertaining to people and the, and the, you know, the outrage is really entertaining, I guess we can just keep doing it. Or you can actually think about who is most likely to win a victory. All right, time for a couple of things that I hate. All righty, so 
you know, when they say that they're not coming after the kids, that's a lie. They're coming after the kids. Apparently, Build-A-Bear, which is a store that I've taken my kids to a lot, right? This is where you, you actually go to the store and they have sort of these, these kind of teddy bear skins and you get the, the filling and you fill the bear and you take it home and the kids love it. It's really fun. They've decided that they need to drag queen the, uh, the kids. So Build-A-Bear's workshop is now offering a new RuPaul drag queen bear, which makes perfect sense because you definitely need to teach your kids about boys who dress up as girls. The stuffed animal immediately caused outrage online, according to the Daily Mail, with many calling out the business for selling the bear amid growing controversy regarding drag performances. The controversy first erupted online with uh, my friend Matt Walsh's tweet, which included a screen grab of the Build-A-Bear website with the RuPaul bear advertised. The drag queen bear is stated as being included in the bear cave, but still shown on the general website, which is accessible to all. Apparently, it's, it's for 18 plus shoppers, but it's right there at the top of the front page. Cover bear, put the fur in your walk, head to paw, let the whole body talk. The website reads, two iconic pop culture institutions join forces for this one-of-a-kind collector's item made in tribute to the world's most famous drag queen. Oh, isn't that nice? Well, you know, the, the good news is that the blowback caused Build-A-Bear to at least remove this from the main website's carousel of revolving bears and pages. It is still apparently on the, on the website, however. So, you know, why Build-A-Bear feels the necessity to do this? Again, this is a product designed for children. It's beyond me, except that all of our cultural arbiters have decided that all of this is the most important thing that you can possibly do. Speaking of which, in the most absurd Orwellian story of the day, according to the UK Daily Mail, angry parents fed up with a trans woman's domination of a female soccer league will now be offered sensitivity training to help them better understand trans issues. Yes, you're upset that your little girl is getting pummeled by a dude. Good news for you, sensitivity training is available. Football Australia announced its high-performance inclusion policy after Daily Mail Australia revealed that parents were campaigning for the New South Wales competition to ban trans women from female soccer teams. A trans woman has led football NSW's league's one women's first-grade goal kicker's table with seven goals. Allegations that trans athletes injured females from an opposing side in a match two weekends ago has caused ire from parents. But again, good news, because now the parents will be forced to get sensitivity training. You will all be forced to go through the re-education program so that you believe all the things that are very important. Yes, your daughter's being run over by a very large gentleman wearing a skirt, but have you understood that large gentleman's life experience and how he is, in fact, a woman? If you do not, then shut your pie hole! According to the Daily Mail, Football Australia put out a media release announcing its plans to make soccer the most multicultural, diverse, and inclusive sport in Australia. The policy will see Football Australia deliver LGBTQI plus minus divided by sign training and support resources to the football community through its partnership with Pride in Sport. Isn't that fun that they're now offering that uh, that parents should get re-educated? Solid, solid stuff right there. And even better news, apparently Colorado school districts are, are now doing similar sort of stuff. According to Fox News, a Colorado school district has a methodical system in place to keep parents in the dark on their child's gender transition in school, according to documents reviewed by Fox News Digital. Leslie Mecca, counselor at Bear Creek, a K-8 school in the district, sent an email to the Jeffco Public School District's Equity Office on August 29th, 2022, asking for clarification on its recommendations regarding flagging an in-school social transition of a child's gender. Jeffco defines transition as, quote, the steps a transgender person takes in order to align aspects of their life to be consistent with their gender identity. Apparently, Mecca says that the teachers in the school wanted to tell parents about kids' social transitioning, but they were told not to by the school district. So, solid stuff. Remember that time where it was, don't bother us. We just want to be left alone in our private lives and how quickly that morphed into, we would like to um, choose your child's gender with your child at school and then not tell you. Solid stuff right there. Really, really, really good stuff. Again, 
The only way to fight that is with victory, not outrage, victory. Find candidates who can win and then elect them to office and stop all of this garbage as soon as humanly possible. Alrighty, coming up is the rest of the show. You're not going to want to miss it. We get into the mailbag, answer some of your questions. Only members have their questions answered. If you're not a member, become one. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us.